one that I kind of, you know, we all can get our song, right? Well, there's a section in that song that talks about how, you know, we worship with the sound of the broken shackles falling to the ground. Man, there is never a better line for me. There's nothing else that I could do to worship the Lord more than let him take all that junk that I accumulated over the Lord. I mean, come on, over the years, I mean, come on, you know? I mean, seriously, who would want this stuff? But he does, and he is so, he's so glad when we just keep going deeper and deeper as we grow in him when we see there's more nasty stuff. It's like come down to the center of that stinky onion. Man, and they get bigger. You notice they're like thinner layers, and they get bigger until you like the one you like peel out. It's like the whole half of the onion. You know what I'm talking about? Stinks. Really stinks. You ever been one of those onions where you, um, all the peeling was fine. You pull it off, and it's like black and rotten to the core. It's not bad enough that it was an onion. It's got to be a rotten onion. That was me. So um, we're going to start a really heavy topic. I'm talking about Job again, um, which Quinn did a great job with, by the way, um, a couple weeks ago. We did totally did not coordinate that. Works out awesome, just so you know, when God wants to talk about something. So <clears throat> I am going to play, it's like, I think it's like a minute and a half song. And um, it's a victory chant. And uh, I think I've got to go Okay, I want you guys to stand up. Please stand up. There are like a couple lines of this. And when you start hearing it, sing it. That couldn't hold you down. Lift our voice in victory. Make your praises at that. <laughs> I, I don't care. Yes, I do. And you sound funny coming out of my CD player. Quit. Sorry. Sounds like a James Bond device if I go off. Okay, so um, go ahead and sit down. <laughs> Steve and I, it's been a long time, but when we go down to visit family in Louisville, there's a church that we go to that meets in a living room, and uh, man, you have never met such a concentration of people who were on fire for God. And I think everybody's favorite time there 
It's testimony time in the beginning. The Bible says that we are saved by the power of the word of our testimony. And I get to learn when somebody else says, oh my gosh, I got a job. Awesome, Charity. We are so excited. We've been praying for you forever. It's awesome. You know, we can say, I was in such desperate need of having this bill paid. I just didn't know where to go. And I got on my knees. And wouldn't you know, like somebody drops the perfect amount in my mailbox. God is around us all of the time. All the time. This lesson has morphed four or five times this week alone. <laughs> Last week, my husband was asking me, so we're, so like, what's your general direction? You know, we all kind of know the book of Job. I'll read a little bit of that minute. And I said, you know what? God has given me so much. I think I give three complete lessons on this stuff. And all the, I mean, really none of the three of them are something that I've really heard taught that way. So I think, you know, I'm just waiting to see what he does that he decides to refine. Well, he changed it again in the past 24 hours. Twice. <laughs> so, um, so you are going to be seeing extra slides off to the side. Enjoy them. Extra view. Um, this is not going to be polished. And I'm probably going to skip half of it. I'm Shirley Fries, married to my wonderful man, Stephen. We've been living in Columbus the entire time. says I'm supposed to give you a little abbreviated version of um, some of what's been going on. I had all these quotes and pictures and I'm really visual and I wanted to be funny. <sighs> At the end of the day, I said, well, those are great, but people respond to a personal story and they do somewhat know yours. So if you don't tell them and they're talking about Job, it doesn't really make sense. Not that I in any way can compare myself to Job. I pray that nobody on earth ever has to go through the pain that he did. <clears throat> I got Lyme disease and babesiosis, a form of malaria. Travels in packs with Lyme. Went out to get. I don't know when. We were always pulling off sugars and ticks and whatever. Mosquito bites, you know. <clears throat> I also have a number of co-infections. Bartonella, Ehrlichia. Uh, what is it when you've got mono? What's the name for that? Epstein-Barr. Uh, I have walking pneumonia for a long, long, long time. I mean, there are so many things wrong. When somebody asks me what's wrong, I just kind of pick one. <laughs> Say, uh, Lyme. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard about Lyme. <clears throat> if I seem like I have a little bit of an attitude, <laughs> this is not normally me. When I'm not talking, I'm normally not. I feel like I'm normally kind of bubbly. I just really feel like the Lord is just not want me to go there. So here you go. Somebody, somebody in here needs this. So bless your heart. I'm so sorry if you do, but here you go. <laughs> So I got sick as a kid, and a family that treated me like a hypochondriac, which, I mean, honestly, we didn't talk about Lyme back then. You know, I don't, I don't blame my family. I, I just, I don't. Um, then got diagnosed with fibromyalgia syndrome when I was 14. My arm had been turning blue every day for months. And that normally would be something you would say with fibromyalgia, but back then, nobody even diagnosed anybody with fibromyalgia syndrome. So it was kind of like the any strange symptom and we don't know what it's from we're going to say you made it up and somehow it's like this emotional psychological connection that's what really good to be labeled with when you're 14 lots of pain back then no medication you just do what you gotta do messed my stomach up and a lot of like ibuprofen just quit taking it it's pointless to me now. 
but went off to college and um, super excited about um, pursuing psychology and art, a little bit of music, and it, you know, I kind of got refined down. I just really want to be a great mom, and I wanted to be an artist. Those are really good things, good, noble callings. <coughs> I had some of these uh, attack things, I don't know what they were, a couple times in high school, but mainly in college, where it was just like, I would just kind of go weak. Like, I remember being in a supermarket and realizing, I've got about 10 seconds to find a chair. It was an oddest sensation. And it was like I just kind of laid there like a noodle once I got there. And then 15 minutes goes by, and I kind of perked up. It's like somebody filled me up again, and I went on my merry little way. It was kind of weird, but forgot about it. Well, then I started having a little bit more frequently and forgot about them, too. They just figured everything is under the guise of fibromyalgia syndrome. I, n- I never even thought to even look elsewhere, right? 2004, my wonderful man and I got married. Within the first couple of months, excuse me, we noticed that things weren't right with me physically. And so, um, saw some doctors, tried to get some answers. Nothing was really satisfactory, so we just, symptoms seemed to go away, so fine. <coughs> to hurry this along a bit, things got not fine much worse. I wasn't digesting anything, getting all this weight. My poor husband, he has this brand new bride, and she like blooms twice or <laughs> a year, something like that. It was really sad for me and him both. And, um, Oh, oh, yeah. Car accident, 2001. Um, it was uh, 11 days after 9-11. And I flipped my car end over dent, end twice, not rolling it. I slid across multiple lanes of traffic facing everybody, praying to God that I wasn't going to hit them until I hit the, it's like a, you know where they blast through rocks? You get like, like rock walls here. That's what I hit. For three months, <coughs> I could not walk right. And I had the weirdest blunt you have ever seen. It was the craziest thing. Well, no doctors and MRI scans. They, could, they couldn't tell me how to fix it. Then it was wrong. I mean, they, I mean, they could see clearly. But they didn't get any answers. And so finally I said, send me a chiropractor. What do you know? I walked out the first day. So let that be a lesson you all are really uh, skeptic. <coughs> But it caused permanent damage. Okay, so 2001, I've had a horrendous car accident. I have fibromyalgia syndrome. It hurts all the time, every day, and there's nothing to take for it back then. There's things now, which actually I'm still not on. But <laughs> um, and people look at you kind of like, uh, I'm sure it's not like an emotional thing. I just had it bad, don't you? Plus, there's all this pain stuff that I've just been carrying since I was a kid. <sighs> Sometimes you just have to look at life and say, do I have a target painted on me? Really? Any of you all who know me know I am not a complainer. Partially because when I was growing up and I was complaining all the time, I finally got told, honey, everybody has these little aches and pains, you just don't talk about it all the time. So I was like, oh, well, I guess we all do then. Okay, I mean, you only know yourself. Can't seem, oh, I was like, man, that elbow hurts. But okay, I guess we don't talk about it. But especially since I gave back my life back to the Lord 11 and a half years ago. I just, I don't know. I guess I decided that part of me um, being the new me was that I was just going to, like, be tough, take it for God. I wasn't being martyred, and I wasn't being put up on a poster for a missions trip. But, you know, I was going to, I don't know, take it and not be mean and and maybe and know how to help somebody else in need. 
this is so not what I was going to tell you guys. Guys, a sense of humor when he has you do all these Bible studies for like a month. <laughs> to do this stuff. <clears throat> so, leaving out big chunks of things. And the multiple doctors telling me, even recently, that I have the neck and spine of an 80-year-old. Obviously, line blew up in our faces. And Babesia. Babesia can kill you. Lyme usually doesn't. It can make you so miserable you wish it would. I have had a number of people over the past few years since I've gone to this church that have either talked amongst themselves and then somehow got back to me or just just said to me, how, how can you praise God when he has turned us into a family? Because, <clears throat> you know, sometimes when you go and you get an answer from a test, it's not like that you really want the test to be positive, but you just want... You want something you can attack. You know what I mean? You, you want to know what this blasted thing is that we hate, right? And we want to get better. And we want we want to know how to pray better. And I have a lot, a lot of opportunity to be bitter, to be angry. But I am not. I wanted to come in today with this whole positive message saying, you know what? I want you all to know what my bathroom looks like. Some of you all were there at the party. This lovely frame, I think I got it at a uh, yard sale, and then I put some cork behind it. And at all of our, any of our other houses we ever lived in, I had um, note cards with verses and... Um, uh, just a quote, whatever. And they were like taped up on like the bathroom cabinet, in the cabinet, on the mirror, on the back of the door, and then like next on the doorpost, getting ready to go outside of the garage. I was just everywhere. I just wanted, I wanted to see scripture. Because the one thing that got me through when I came back to the Lord in college was scripture. How are you going to know a God well enough to trust him when your world falls apart? If you don't know who he is. If people tell me, I can't do that. So and so and so died. And that was my world. You know, she's been married to me for 70 years. I can't, I don't know how I can praise God right now. Because, well, then you don't know his heart. And I'm not trying to be callous. You don't know his heart. All God, all good things come from above. And God tells us that I have a plan for you. And for you, and for you. To prosper you, and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. So somewhere in there, it'd be easy to say, um, you missed one. You said plans for prospering me? I don't know. We got a gigantic medical bill sitting at our, on top of our piano at home. I'll give you the update about that shortly. But this church has helped us work on. That doesn't sound like prosper to me. Not to harm us. My gosh, you know, the stress on the marriage when you've got someone who is as ill as I've been and it's even more work when it's up and down and up and down. You can't tell when a downtime is going to be. It might be in the middle of a restaurant. It might not. It might be the day that my husband would love to go fishing. And I can't even lately. There are times when I can't even feed myself. But I don't. 
I don't go over to that side. Again, I thought this was going to be like the super positive message. It is. It really is. And I want you to hear the heart of it. Because if I stood up here and told you there's this formula, and if you follow my little ingredients on my recipe for joy, you can have this life too and send me $25. (laughs) But real life, real life is Job lost seven sons, seven children. Let, let Let me read this to you in the message. I don't always, I mean, I love having the message kind of on my shelf to kind of every once in a while get a, get just here in a different way. I usually, it seems like I'm always looking for like a New Testament verse crossover that I just listen to. <clears throat> I just feel like this needs to be performed. If I'd like really been on it, we've got like several guys and we've been doing this, you know, messengers running in. Job, a man devoted to God. Job was a man who lived in us. He was honest inside and out. A man of his word, who was totally devoted to God and hated evil with a passion. He had seven sons and three daughters. He was also very wealthy. 7,000 head of sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a huge staff of servants. The most influential men in all the east. His sons used to take turns hosting parties in their homes, always inviting their three sisters to join them in their merrymaking. When the parties were over, Job would get up early in the morning and sacrifice a burnt offering for each of his children, thinking maybe one of them sinned by defying God inwardly. Did you have that? Maybe they sinned by defying God inwardly. That's a pretty... He was going after the little stuff, it sounds like to me. Job made a habit of the sacrificial atonement just in case they'd sinned. Good man. One day, when the angels came to report to God, Satan, who was a designated accuser, came along with them. God singled out Satan and said, What have you been up to? Satan answered God, Going here and there, checking things out on earth. God said to Satan, have you noticed, my friend Job? There's no one quite like him, too honest and true to his word, totally devoted to God and hating evil. Satan retorted, so do you think Job does all that out of the sheer goodness of his heart? Why, no one ever had it so good. You pamper him like a pet. Make sure nothing bad ever happens to him or his family or his possessions. Bless everything he does. He can't lose. That makes sense. A lot of us Christians do that. We sing phrases when we get all that good stuff. But what do you think would happen if you reached down and took away everything that was his? He'd curse you right to your face, that's what. God replied, we'll see. Go ahead. Do what you want and all that is his. Just don't hurt him. Then Satan left the presence of God. Sometime later, while Job's children were having one of their parties at the home of the oldest son, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing um, with the donkeys grazing the field next to us when the Sabines attacked. They stole the animals. They killed the field hands. I'm the only one left to get out alive to tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Bolts of lightning struck the sheep and the shepherds and and fried them, burned them to a crisp. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived. I wouldn't be wanting any more messengers by this point. And said, Chaldeans coming from three directions raided the camels and massacred the camel drivers. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Your children. Your children were having a party at the home of the oldest brother when a tornado swept off the desert and struck the house. It collapsed on the young couple and the uh, the young people and they died. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. 
Job got to his feet, ripped his robe, shaved his head, then fell to the ground and worshipped. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I would sure love to know how many of you have that as your first response. Any of those things would have been enough to rock our world. Rock mine. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I'll return to the womb of the earth. God gives. God takes. God's name be ever blessed. Not once through all this did Jacob did uh, Job sin. Not once did he blame God. Why? I want to know why. Why an Old Testament man? We're, we're, this is not a time where there's frequent conversations with the all God Almighty here. I mean, his own kids weren't quite convinced of God, right? I mean, they're out there doing their things, enough to make Job want to go and sacrifice for him. What, what did he know? Back then that we don't, that would make him say, I'm going to get on my knees, don't interrupt. So, Lord, you just keep on directing where we're going here. <clears throat> we're going to come back to some of these, I promise. Oh, here we go. All right. It'll be right here. You need to be able to see it. Um, <clears throat> I, ha- I had it written in just big letters that said, we reflect our underlined, highlighted image of God. So what does he look like to you? And Steve came in after a while and he said, like that quote on the fruit on the in the bathroom you put in there. It's like, what do you mean? So it's supposed to challenge you. It's supposed to ask you questions. What do, you know? What does he look like when people look at you? He said, "Yeah, it's not a little new agey to me. I think you got to reword it." <laughs> so there it is. <clears throat> I know this is long. Let's see. Um, wait, this will be fine. Okay. I was looking for a completely different John Piper quote. <laughs> I know Jerry and I talked about it every once in a while. I have honestly never met, never, never read one of the man's books, but I periodically have his quote stuck in my head. Here we go. Here, here's a why. Here's a reason why bad stuff happens to good people. Don't you love that question? And nobody wants to answer it, so we're going to answer it. Your daddy is standing in a swimming pool out a little bit from the edge. You are, let's say, three years old and standing on the edge of the pool. Daddy holds out his arms to you and says, jump, I'll catch you, I promise. Now, how do you make your daddy look good at that moment? Answer, trust him and jump. Have faith in him and jump. That makes him look strong and wise and loving. But if you won't jump, if you shake your head and run away from the edge, you make your daddy look bad. It looks like you're saying, he can't catch me. Or he won't catch me. Or it's not a good idea to do what he tells me to do. And all three of those make your dad look bad. And apparently my southern accent is going to about this. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> but don't you want, or but you don't want to make God look bad, so you trust him. Then you make him look good, which he really is. And that we mean when we say faith glorifies God. Or Faith gives God glory. It makes him look as good as he really is. So trusting God is really important. And the harder it seems for him to fulfill his promise, the better he looks when you trust him. That's right. 
Suppose that you were at the deep end of a pool by the diving board. You're four years old and can't swim. And your daddy's at the other end of the pool. Suddenly, a big, mean dog crawls under the fence and shows its teeth and growls at you and starts coming towards you to bite you. You crawl up on the diving board and walk toward the end to get away from him. The dog puts his front paws up on that diving board. Just then, your daddy sees what's happening and calls out, Johnny, jump in the water, I'll get you. Now you have never jumped from one meter high, and you can't swim. And your daddy is not underneath you end as the water is way over your head. How do you make your daddy look good in that moment? <clears throat> you jump. And almost as soon as you hit the water, you feel his hands under your arms, and he treads water, holding you safely while someone chases the dog away. Then he takes you to the side of the pool. We give God... We give glory to God, <clears throat> and we trust him to do what he has promised to do. Especially when all human possibilities are exhausted, faith glorifies God. That is why God planned for faith to be the way we are justified. I'm going to come back to that. This was written by Miss Judy Taylor in her praise book. <clears throat> and she is in Denver. Actually, technically, she's in the airport right now. Her, something happened with her cat, so you all pray for her. And then she's flying back to Denver. She was going to Skype with us this morning. Um, <clears throat> but she read this to me one morning during our devotional. And uh, I said, i got to use that if, you're, if you'd be willing. She was, And she was responding to... Um, a verse talking about um, basically being made weak and he's, you know, strong. Okay. Right. <clears throat> it says, so I would not get a big head. You, my father, gave me the gift of handicaps to keep me in constant awareness of my limitations. The evil one did his best to keep me down. But what he did was push me to my knees. That's when I'm going to like, yeah. <clears throat> he just doesn't know sometimes what he's going to get in return. At first, I rebelled and did not recognize the gift and begged you to remove this handicap. So then you told me your grace is enough. It is all I need. Your strength is seen in my weakness. Once I understood that I could be glad for my handicap, I began to see it as my gift. Now Christ's strength can move into my weakness. Now I take... Excuse me. <laughs> Limitations with a joyful heart. The limitations that cut me down, I now let Christ, sorry, take over. So the weaker I am, the stronger I become through Christ. I highly doubt that um, this series of calamities were Job's first set of trials. Wouldn't you think? He lived a long time back then. Maybe he lived a long time after this whole story. <clears throat> At some point, we, are, we have a decision to make. We can do the natural thing. Nobody's going to blame you for saying why. People do it all the time. But we have a choice. We can be upset with God, and granted, God's big enough to take it. You know, that's not part of the issue here. He can take it. And he'll hold you while you scream. Until you, you quit and you cry, and then I'll rock you to sleep. He can do it. Okay? But to not stop at the why, and to feel like you're being left to deal with these things alone, like you were praying and praying and praying for this result, and then this thing happened. Where did you go, God? You felt like you were hung out there to dry. And no, 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 no. Remember that dark room analogy I gave with the Quinn's lesson the other day? Being in that dark room, it messes with your mind. And you can't hear anybody else, and it's that pitch black. Satan knows that when we are weak and we are tired and we are hurt, we've got some relationship issue going on, he just kind of starts like slinking in like it's gangrene. <clears throat> I love what she said. The evil one did his best to keep me down, but what he did 
was push me to my knees. I love it. I love it. This is your choice. Life stinks. It really does. It really stinks a lot. Some more than others. We have a choice. We can sit around and say, why? And say paralyzed. Eventually turns, that goes into anger and then bitterness. And then it's been years since we set foot inside the church. Or maybe we're there every day, but on a Sunday, but it doesn't go anywhere. I made a choice that no matter what came my way, I could be handicapped. I could be disabled. Or I could be victorious. Which word do you all like? I like victorious. Mm -hmm. The way that I got there. Imagine this times like 10 and a lot of different smaller shapes. When I came back to the Lord in 2002, it just happened to be July 4th. A lot of you all have heard me say that. Um, So it's my Independence Day that the whole country uh, celebrates, just so you know. And uh, I did not, I mean, I grew up in the church, but I didn't have, I didn't have the ability to grow from here to there. I knew the Sunday school answer, so that wasn't really going to help me truly change my behavior to live a life um, on fire. You know what I mean? You know, I look at this horrible person. I just, I knew there had to be more to this big old God than what I was seeing on Sunday. So, I made flashcards. And they have served me well. In the beginning, they were little bitty, and they fit in my pocket. Because when I first moved back from being with my, I had to move back my senior year to be with my family because I made some bad choices. And they said, you better get it right or you are never coming home. Not even when you're married and have uh, given us grandkids. This is it. And part of what they had me do, this will shock some of you, but remember, there's a lot of us young folk in here. Our kids are going to grow someday, so remember this. It works. My dad wrote up a list of affirmations that I had to say out loud 15 times a day. I thought, are you kidding me right now? <sighs> I hated it. Hated it. And you know what it was? I think one of the number one things on there that stuck in my mind, there, a lot of it was scripture. It was, it was uh, my family loves me. When I came around between college visits, it was just constant tension. Everybody, everything was about me, and I didn't want to play along. And you know, so I thought they all hated me. I hated them, and I know more than once the words were said. You know, I love you because you're my family member, but I don't like you very much, and I don't want to see you either. It was like, well, same here. See ya. <coughs> so. I had to rewrite some tapes. Don't you get tired of those tapes? That old stuff, that condemnation is coming in? We can give our lives back to the Lord. We can make big decisions that say, I am going to live as a victor. <clears throat> but when the rubber hits the road, there's got to be a how-to somewhere. And it's kind of hard to find a hard how-to in the book of Job. Because my notes are so incredibly scattered, I'm sure we'll take this one. Um, They're all over the place. As I had said, that I felt like the Lord was going to go several different ways. But <clears throat> one thing I did and one thing I learned was that you rehearse your win first. And as you see my little potion over there, my grandma always says, don't rehearse what you want to reverse. The Bible says that words are spirit. Some of you all like those NUMA videos years ago. NUMA means 
spirit, and it means word. And Steve and I have done some, um, uh, done, listened to some teachings on some things that were saying basically that the word is the thing. So you are speaking it into existence. This is a, um, oh, what is it? Is it considered a spiritual, spiritual principle when it's across the board? Doesn't matter if you believe the Lord or not. I think it's right. Anyway, law of nature. I don't know. <laughs> you get my point. Basically, that's why self-help um, tapes work, okay? Because words are spirit. It doesn't matter what you're saying. Um, so you can put whatever you want. But, so here it is. You know the story. It's in Matthew. You don't have it marked on there. Jesus is responding to that um, colonel um, guy or whatever he was, a military guy, and his, his child was so, so ill. And he asked God, if you can do this, would you please? And Jesus I always imagine this with this extra exclamation point at the end. Like, if you can, if you can, if you can heal my son, do you know who you're talking to? If you can, come on, if, if, Jesus, people learn. If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. And what does he do? A, immediately he acts on it. And he cries out and said, I do believe. Now, didn't he just believe? Mm-hmm. So then he says, help me overcome my unbelief. He recognized that there was a problem there. He, he wanted to believe so bad. And if there is something that's a problem there, you know what? A lot of people talk about it being doubt. It's not doubt. It's unbelief. There's a difference. So if you've got my, I know I've got to like, what time, how am I on time? I have absolutely no, what? Three minutes? Okay. Okay, yeah, we could totally go on for like three more lessons. So, <laughs> um, I guess I just um, wanted to show you all some ways and some, and some principles here that um, I felt made the biggest difference. Because in order for me to have handled and continue to handle... A lot of body systems shutting down for me. It is a, if you all had an idea of what this week had been, I'm not looking for a medal, but my gosh, if I had known that one of you all had gone through this week, I, did, I don't know, I'd thrown you a party. And I don't, that's not me. I'm not a complainer. It's not a big thing. But I want to tell you guys that it became very obvious that I was under a spiritual attack like of the likes I have not seen in a very long time. <sighs> Naming a couple of you, I went for a whole day with air hunger, which is a side effect of Babesia. Because of all of my muscles and my abdomen kind of doing all the spasming stuff, it's just my brain is saying, you need oxygen. And actually it's not. So you have to like work against it to like make yourself not go, <gasps> you know, it's <sighs> really tiresome and annoying. It's not like having hiccups forever. So <clears throat> did all that for 24 hours. Totally got everything out of whack here. Then I've got acid reflux burning me all the way into my sinuses. End up with thrush in my throat. Blisters everywhere. On fire. My, I could have, I stuck to my tongue like it was a sock stuck to my mouth. I could not talk. So I ate oatmeal for two days. And the list goes on hallucinations, I can share some really funny stories. <laughs> I mean, I knew that that's what they were. Never had those in my life. New thing. And you know what? It was so obvious to me. Yeah, I'm sick. Y'all got all these different things to pull symptom from to attack me with it, right? This was obvious. It was anything to keep me from talking today. Anything. Man, God loves you all. He loves me too. And I think part of this is that he wants, he wants us to know that we can live through heartache well. I hate it when, when, um, at least Southern Baptist when I was in Kentucky, you'd hear that kind of, well, you just suffer well. well <laughs> I don't want to suffer my gosh uh-uh. and you know what 
if anyone comes to our home, I hope they see that in all the illness that is here, in all the ways that he's disrupted my family and our finances, just all these kinds of things. I used to do interior design, and I loved it, and I'm not there. I can't even watch our four-year-old by myself lately because my mind has been attacked so, so, so much. Um, I'm starting to feel that maybe I probably should just not be alone by myself either. That'll give you a reality check. This is it right here. I'm going to wrap this up. <coughs> the power of the tongue. Since we are made in God's image and God's words are omnipotent, then our words are potent. Our words are potent no matter how we use them. Proverbs 18.21, you should have this memorized, memorized, memorized. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. So what are you eating? Are you walking in the door and you're cursing your boss? Be careful. Just saying. God desires not only that his children believe truth, but also that we speak it. That goes back to that whole, the word's a thing. I believed, therefore, I have spoken. Okay? A goes to B. God ordains that words of faith have more power than thoughts of faith alone. Thoughts are like meditation, and then the rest is you can make some declarations, okay? So Jesus says, say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will. <clears throat> the little uh, green stick up there that says, don't take my word for it. <laughs> when I went to counseling, when I came back to the Lord, the Lord, the Lord um, uh, I saw a Christian counselor that had al- allowed a lot of healing in some friends of mine. So I went back, and he he had been a preacher in a really big church at one point. And um, he's, and that's not what he's doing anymore. He was the guy that had the, uh, it's time. Okay, please be right. Um, the, uh, I was going to say, the living room church we were talking about earlier. Anyway, and... Um, he has said, no matter what, I go home with notebooks full of scriptures. I'm going to, like, know this truth. I, wanna, I got counseling by getting the big T counselor. We really didn't talk about a lot of the other stuff. So I'm all excited about it. And he's sharing with me foundation stuff. And he said, but listen to me. Put your pen down. Don't ever take my word for it. And I said, what? And he said, I mean it. We, we all as Christians, we think that we know where God is going with a certain thing. But we may not have it all right. He said, I preached thousands of people telling them this thing and I was sure I was very genuine but I was very wrong you know and and throughout our lives God gives us more revelation and shows us what we could take so that's just another little freebie in there um so the kids are back there's just one of my favorite quotes right now keep my mouth in check um I would love to share more with you all. I would love to share how to. I really did not want to get up here and share blah. I'm just like talk about that junk. I can move in places. <laughs> it might be in my little stroller, as we call it, with Michaela when she's a baby. But I am moving places. You know? I'm not staying in this pit. And I tell you what, I have been surrounded. We, our our my husband and I I've been surrounded by a true family of believers that I have never before experienced. I hope you guys look around, and if you are not making relationships, deep relationships in this group, you are missing out on some serious treasure. You know, families come with baggage. It doesn't have to be bad baggage. It's just, you know, it's just there. And yeah, we we do. We need to give a lot of stuff with our, our biological families, but my gosh, after going through what I've gone through, and God has shown me places of vanity and pride that I never knew existed, having someone fold your underwear and scrub your floors and find those leftovers you left in there from like three weeks ago in the fridge that's been sticking the entire house up, and they clean it without saying a word, you start to appreciate how much more you could be doing for other people. 
so I know we gotta get it wrapped up. Um, I just want to say that if there is anyone that is struggling with one of those dark times and really wants to be able to get down on his or her knees in spite of the thing, come and see me. We'll talk, we'll pray, and I would love to introduce to you my Jesus. Let's pray. God, you did it. You got me here. <laughs> it took a lot, a lot this week. And I'm happy to because I know that you love these people more than I loved you enough to bring it. Lord, I do not ask why because it's pointless. Why does not matter? Because I have you. You are all that I need. You are all that I will ever need. And if there's some special reason and why somewhere, then I'm just happy to let you take it. Lord, I pray that these words struck home. Continually show me and Steve and our little girl, Michaela, how it is we are supposed to live victoriously in the midst of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.